Hello and welcome to the Psychic Stories podcast, encouraging conversations about mental health. Today I'm speaking to Roman Mironov. Roman is a relationship coach helping his clients keep and find love in their life, bring passion and joy into their relationships again, save their relationships from falling apart and recover from a breakup to move on better than before. Roman, hello. Hi Matt, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great and I'm excited about you know, discussing some of the things from my background and helping people with tips that I, that I came up with as a result of those experiences. That sounds perfect to us. And I, I hear you're in day one of the Canadian lockdown. We are in day God knows what in, in the British lockdown. So I wish you well in your lockdown over there. Thank you so much. I, I will need that. I think we all will. <laughs> so the goal, uh, goal today is to have an open and honest conversation about your mental health journey, to get some insight into the tools and techniques that have helped you and are available and accessible to other people. And by discussing your journey, we hope to share and normalise conversations about mental health, as often people are not alone in these experiences. So I would love to ask about your mental health journey. Where did it all begin for you? Okay, I, I think I should tell you about my divorce. Mm-hmm. which was quite a painful breakup. Yeah. So what, what happened in, in 2014, almost seven years ago, my wife filed for a divorce and we got, we got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see, I was not prepared for that at all <laughs> because I was a workaholic mm-hmm. and I, I focused on my work. And th- that was actually a reason for, for, for the breakup because my wife was not happy about me not being present in the relationship 100%. I, did, I was not just able to give her the presence because my headspace was all about my work. Yeah. And I did not really have any relationship skills. So I treated her as if she were a man mm. and that just led to nowhere. So basically that's how I ended up alone whereas I really, really thought that this would be my only marriage this would be my only family for my entire life. So that was, that was quite a shock. And, and, and during that time, that must have been quite a shock, because I assume at the time you were, you were busy working and suddenly this, this got presented you know, to you. Is, on reflection, is that something that, you know, did you go through a process where you, where you try to communicate better or was it literally out of the blue? No, it wasn't out of the blue. I just uh, did not expect that it would the consequence would be so di- you know difficult. Yeah. I, I never thought that she would leave me because mm-hmm. I actually you know my, my another problem that I had was that I, I was I wasn't being able to uh, accept her as she was. Mm-hmm. So I tried to change her all the time. Mm-hmm. I tried to I, I criticized her a lot. I wanted her to be someone else all the time, and mm-hmm. so we yeah, we had conversations about this. But then it's like when she said, so I had enough. So she quickly filed for a divorce. And in a month we were, we got it. And that's it. That was, it was so quick and pretty much unexpected. And that, at that time for you must've been, that must've hit you like a sledgehammer. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think for two weeks after that, I, I, I you know, I, I just wasn't myself and I was, I was so I was really suffering. Mm. I mean, that, that that must have been a very hard time. And 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 so so from that point, 
did you take a good or did you get to take a good look at your behavior and your life and, and and perhaps reflect on the type of person or the relationship that you wanted or wanted to be in or the type of person you were within a relationship yeah of course you know i, I took i took a few weeks to actually grieve and to recover and during that time i, I was you know was just barely existing mm. and after that time let's say a month yeah I, I started to think about my future i started of course thinking about the mistakes that i made in my previous marriage and i started slowly to build that future that i wanted so i you know got myself back into the dating world very very slowly mm. and i started to learn that's actually was the beginning of my future mm you know, career as a relationship coach. Do you, do you think in hindsight, because you, you mentioned, and, 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 and please forgive me for asking, but you said that it took you a few weeks to, to grieve. And, you know, from my assumption, when you're in a marriage or relationship, that that process might take longer. But do you think in hindsight that, like, like it, took you, it took only a couple of weeks because perhaps you were in the wrong relationship? You, you know, I, I know what you mean. And, and see, let's say in, 2000, in 2008, I got myself into mild depression. Mm. And I, yeah, I suffered with that depression for two and a half years. So I, when I got divorced, I did not want that again. You mm. see, it was easy for me to slip back into depression. And, but I, I didn't want to do that, right? Right. So what, okay. so, so what I did, I said, okay, instead of focusing on what I don't want, which was back, which was exactly what I had done in my depression mm. four years ago. I focused on what I wanted. I focused on my future. Mm. So that's, and, and this is something that I teach my clients like right away because the law, I, I do believe in the law of attraction. Mm. So whatever we think about, we attract more of it in our life. So if you, if you think about your loss, if, you th if you're grieving for a long time, you just, you know, you just keep these thoughts looping in your head all the time. And that's it. But if you focus on what you want, you, everything changes. You change your entire direction mm. because you set the law of attraction to work in you. And you also set your thoughts like in a more positive way. You, mm. you start taking action. And that's that's fascinating. So to say that the 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 situation that you'd found yourself, let's say, the few years before, with with two years of a depression, actually, you know, the fear of slipping back into that made you think, made you, in some respects, very proactive to say, right, this is over. The line is drawn. I will allow myself to struggle for a period of time, but. I'm going to move on and I'm going to move on fast because I do not want to go in back into depression. And I think kind of a, a follow on question is, if you don't mind me asking, is like that period of depression, was that some that's, you know, two years of depression? That sounds that sounds like a really tough time for you. What, 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 what was that like? Well, the reason was actually looking back, it's was not that significant, but I was too young and too, you know, I was a perfectionist back then. Yeah. So yeah, actually my dog died and I loved it so much. And I, th th that was the reason for depression. 
and that that, and tip, it, that tipped you into it yeah exactly yeah. yeah and the reason why it was so long and and pretty much difficult because i was a perfectionist so i i expected things to be perfect and when my dog died that like like disrupted my model of the world totally mm. and i felt so angry and i felt that i, I just I, I don't feed into that world anymore i just you know mm, i was thinking about how i just i, I didn't want it I, I for this two and a half years i woke up every day thinking about how i i don't really want this like the, the current situation that i'm in I want to go back and, and correct the mistakes that I did with the dog. Mm. See, I was blaming myself for, for losing the dog. Mm. So I was just, you know, I, I could not accept the reality. That was, that was why. And like, and, and, and like, and like you said, your that might've been, or for others listening, that might be insignificant, you know, a pet passing, but to you, that you know and you know i'm not a i, I don't i don't own a pet however i do have friends with pets and the relationship between a dog and yourself is you know can be extremely strong you know so in some respects like you said like that was you know that was you know i assume that was the most at the time perhaps the most trusting dependable loving relationship that you had and then when that dog sadly passed then there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. It's it's not necessarily about the dog. Like you said, it upends your reality. The fact that things change, things, you know, you can't go back and fix the past. It's impossible. And moving forward, it can be very difficult. Exactly. And I, I, I just, for this two and a half years, I did not allow myself to feel happy because every time my mind would tell me, oh, it's actually, it's all right. I can't be happy right now because, well, there is some stimulation going on, maybe mm. some success that I got, but mm. I could not allow myself to feel that. And actually the reason why that loss was so bad for me, it felt so bad, was, was the fact that I was living with my future wife at that point. And I love the dog, just like uh, I, I associated my, my love with my love uh, of my girlfriend, my future wife with that dog because it, it was actually her dog. So mm. I associated a lot of great emotions with it. And yeah. I just loved it, just, like similar to how I loved her, Yeah, you know? It, well, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the way we, the feelings, emotionals, the, the mind itself is so complicated and especially relationships, you know, it's very difficult, especially when you're in them, when you're in love, it's very difficult to, to understand what's going on and like you said you're out of out of that now you could start to look back and say okay actually the like you said the relationship with the dog was tied up with the relationship with your future wife which is a very very hugely powerful emotions how did you then get to feeling more positive well with uh if we go back to depression mm. the best thing that helped me so basically i took two steps the first one was i started this is when i uh, I discovered self-help materials at that point. So motivational speakers like Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. Jim Brown, and so on. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of great, uh, like Napoleon Hill, mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. So I immersed myself into that. And that was so, uh, 
uh, that was such a breakthrough because I, I didn't realize that this kind of help materials existed. Yeah. And I, I just kept listening to it every day. I'm a very audible, per, like an audible person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer to, you know, to get information by audio. So yeah. I, I kept bombarding my mind with that information and slowly, very, very slowly, I was changing from negative, just going from negative to positive with those small steps. Mm-hmm. And, and you see my, uh, I'm blessed to have uh, this, this ability to develop momentum. So I, I take a small step and then when I've completed, I, I am prepared to go to the next step, which is a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And I develop momentum very quickly and it's mm-hmm. easier for me to keep going. I mean, it might sound weird to other people, but for me, really, I like to be consistent. Mm. Yeah, but, but those also, two things what happen. But also with those, with that momentum as well, there's, you can kind of get the imagery yourself as you're going through it, that you're, you're, you're moving away from that past. So like you said, building that momentum, you're building that speed, you're building that velocity away from whatever has gone on and build your, what you're doing is you're filling, filling that, those gaps. So there's now not just a memory of something really bad that's happened and, and that's it. There's a lot of other positive steps in between. And those small steps, like you say, might be, might be as simple as getting up in the morning and going for a walk, but finding those little elements of positivity could act as a barrier between that negative past and start to really build your confidence and with confidence comes momentum exactly exactly and that that's that's exactly what i'm saying so like uh, i would get up in the morning take a walk and from that walk i i would build a better day so i would take another action then another action and that's how you get out of depression you start by let's say if you're so depressed that you don't want to get out of your bed Mm. like the first step could be just you know get up get up go to the window and find something something that's beautiful just Mm. uh maybe a beautiful tree enjoy it for a few seconds and then you can go back to bed something as simple as that yeah and when you're back in bed give yourself a break and congratulate yourself that you did that because that small step, you know, if you know, when we are not feeling depressed and we're feeling top of the world, that's the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's really, really hard when you are feeling that low. Yeah, that is true. That is true because you're you're like your entire biochemistry changes and you don't, you don't feel that enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And so so to tell us how you became because it because you're your relationship coach tell us that journey is it it's interesting that you you came from a a a, a divorce a relationship breakdown break up um and became a relationship uh, coach what, what, what was the journey like that what was the journey of that yeah so after breaking up and after the grief this grief process i realized that i i needed to to get back into the dating world. And at that point I knew that I did not have any dating or relationship skills. Mm. So I started to learn them and practice a lot, really a lot, maybe too much because I, <laughs> I tend to overcommit. So I spent the next five to six years really building those skills and making myself a guinea pig 
in the south and it works it's that experimentation isn't it you know um if you've ignored but that must be very hard because like you said if you haven't got the relationship skills that to me would often speak about the kind of a lack of confidence yeah lack of confidence was a part of it is i remember when i when i started to approach girls mm. approach women after breaking up let's say in a couple of months after my divorce that was so hard. That was so hard. I just, uh, I went, I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I didn't think it was, I thought it was weird. Mm. I thought that like, I wanted to literally run away. And there, there was this one time when I came up to two women and I literally, I, I talked to them for a minute and I ran away mm. and one of them turned away. Mm it's um it's funny i had a um i had i, I i've had a similar experiences back when i was young i was very very bad uh talking to, to talk, talking to women um and a friend of mine really helped me he we would go out and he would say matt we're playing the one two three game and i was like, okay fine we'll play the game and the, the point of the game is if i catch someone's eye and they catch it back and he sees it he he says one, two, three, and I have to go over and say something. Now, the first time this happened, I caught a girl's eye. She caught it back, smiled. He saw it. He went one, two, three, and I walked over. I got to her. She turned as if to say, talk to me, and yes. nothing came out of my mouth. I know. I couldn't. <laughs> so what I did, I turned around and walked off. Back to my friend with my head head down low. I couldn't even look back. It was yeah. the feeling inside. But then you do realize that those, what you're thinking about what will happen, that feeling inside you, and I'm sure lots of people can recognize that, you get this hot feeling inside you where you're just lost for words. You know, the easiest antidote to that is just going up and saying, hello, how are you? And once you realize that, because, because, when we have these conversations, it's not, you know, you know, we're not talking to, 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 to animals. We're talking to fellow human beings. If you say, hi, how are you? Most people will go, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yes, exactly. Because yeah, you know, that's our ego. Our ego is creating all this, all this, you know, barriers in our head that yeah. it doesn't want us to actually take a hit to our self-esteem and, and that's where the fear comes from is so tell us so it? so tell us your experience from that from you know that first time you walked up to a to a woman what happened mm, yeah well I, I don't remember the first time that with one woman but i can tell you about that you know that situation with the two women when i ran away so uh, it was in a grocery store mm -hmm. i came up to them i actually started talking to them although i was sweating sweating i was very 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 scared and like one minute into the conversation one of the women actually turned away uh, and she said it, it's like she wanted me to talk to the other one mm. and the other one also turned like to look at her right. so they they were both not looking at me and <laughs> at that point i felt so uncomfortable yeah. already so i just 
I used it. I took the opportunity and ran away. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so much easier. Yeah, I, and I do. I I can empathize with you there. But practice makes perfect, right? Especially when you're trying to build those skills. Absolutely, practice. Like when I talk to my clients and they say, "Well, I I want I want more confidence," I tell them, "Nothing beats practice. Mm. Confidence comes with practice. Even even if it comes to meeting women or men, yeah." You, you just you desensitize yourself over time by by approaching them and talking to them actually and the fear goes away that's nothing beats that yeah and i i think i think you hit the nail on the head by saying the the the, the fear the fear doesn't come from anything external to us it, it's it's within our own heads and there's a lot of it's amazing those four or five steps towards someone random in a bar or a club or a grocery store whatever it is the feelings that come to the surface are not about the person in front of you. They're about deep, you know, I feel, you know, I don't like myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not worthy. There's a lot of stuff that unpacks very, very quickly and obviously leads to a situation where you can't say anything. <laughs> exactly. And if we dig deep, even deeper, the, the main reason, I believe, the core reason is that we build a barrier between ourselves and the other person. Mm. Whereas I don't think there is any, any, any division between ourselves and, and that other person because our, like, I, I believe that our universe is just really non-dual. It's one reality and we're, we're all the same. Mm. And so those five to six years, you said you spent spent practicing improving those skills and i assume there was a goal in mind and that was to to find you know to find yourself in in love in a meaningful relationship that you felt like you were participating and engaging in yes and that's right and uh, how did that play out it's still in progress i would say yeah mm. it's still in progress i had i had a few very great relationships but they uh, i i ended up myself because i felt that they were not right for me mm -hmm. and now things are a little bit more difficult because i actually moved from russia to canada mm -hmm. and with the lockdown and with this move it's, it's been yeah it's hard i wouldn't say that like it's completely hard but yeah it, things have been more difficult and you know from your you know from your client's perspective as well like because i could I, I think this is i think this is it's a very difficult time for people who are on their own and i've got friends who are who, who are single who who really want to meet someone and they're saying the, the last year has been really really difficult for that that's true and that's why like the first the first tip i give to to my clients is go online and take this opportunity to develop your online dating skills because mm. this is where the world is heading anyway yeah right and it's it, it was a scary thing it's almost like preparing for a job interview isn't it yeah people don't like dating apps most people really hate them they mm. think they're brutal because it is difficult to find a good person there yeah. because of like people say there's so much litter right right there mm. Yeah, so I have to do a lot of reframing there. How is and explaining? Yeah, go. On. Yeah, just just really explaining to people that you should not expect one hundred percent results from, let's say, one hundred percent 
from all of your communications mm -hmm. in a dating app. You really need to think that, let's say one, two or three percent is, is good, is already good. Yeah. And, and, and how do you, so now having come out of divorce and going through several relationships, like you're, I assume you, 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 you teach um, and you support people going through those relationships. What, well, what do you see as the key ingredients to a, to a good relationship? And firstly, I'd like to ask about romantic relationships, but secondly, I'd like to have, you know, ask about, you know, friendships, you know, relationships with your family and brothers, sisters, friends, colleagues. Yeah, it's simple and it's the same. It's love. It's all about giving unconditional love to the other person, whether it's your partner or your friend or your relative. Mm. Because you see, most people get it backward. They believe that they go into the relationship to extract love from the other person, you know, mm. to get love from the other person. Yeah, but it's not how it works. It might work my work in the beginning of the relationship but then it won't mm. that, that's why so many relationships actually fall apart but when you give love and you go there to give to love the other person mm. to care about them to affirm them every day to praise them to make them feel loved and significant mm. that's when you feel love in yourself and that that's the key thing mm. just think about an infant like a, a small guy really really small and you just love, and you, let's say it's a boy, and you just love him. He, he did not do anything to deserve your love, right? Mm. You accept him as he is, mm. and you just you love him, and you feel that love in your heart just because, because you give him, like, you're caring about, about him. You give him loads of love. And like, when you do that, so the first benefit is that you already feel love. Mm. The second benefit is that you make the other person happy. Mm. And when you see that they're happy, you become happier as well. Mm. And finally, usually that person will respond in kind yeah. by loving you back. And if they don't, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. It's a good sign that the relationship will not work yeah. going forward. So, and, and you said it right at the beginning of that about, it's easy it's unconditional love like that sounds hard to me so how how do you unpack that that idea of because for some people it will be it will be easy some people it might be difficult how do you get to a uh, i'm not going to say a mindset of unconditional love but a kind of a, like an, a, an emotional state where you're able to do that uh yeah, what I actually meant is that the idea is simple itself, but of yeah. course the the implementation is so hard. Yeah, it's so hard, and the this is how you develop the mindset. So we have this ego that again creates that separation between us and the other person, and the process of feeling more love toward people and the world in general is to dissolve that ego. To dissolve that barrier and realize that I am one with everything. And it's, it's very hard. It's very hard because since our childhood, we have built our, our identity and it's difficult to dissolve it. It's difficult to give up those significant parts of it for the other person and just to give more love. So let's say one practical tip is what I do every day when I meditate. 
I, I just put both hands on my heart. I breathe in really, really deeply. And then I exhale and I imagine my love going from my heart to the entire world. Mm. So, and when I do that, I imagine as many people, as many loved ones as possible for me, the, like the, the entire environment, just random strangers like this. Mm. That's what I do. And then, you know, I also recommend practicing unconditional love in, in the moment. Let's say, even if you, like, let's say you move, you're moving a chair. Mm. You can do that in, in two different ways. You can do it in uh, like a non-caring way, but you can also do it with love. Mm. And when you do this to as many times as possible during the day, when you catch yourself thinking about this, mm. it starts to rewire your brain. So that actually, that is like, that's really interesting. That feeling of unconditional love can, if you're, if you're struggling, you can practice. And you should. Yes. I, I really like what you say about that dissolving your ego. It's that word dissolve that's very active and, that's something, I mean, I personally quite like these, that, you know, these, these visualizations where you can start to imagine that you can imagine that ego in front of you. And I think, I think not even in front of you, surrounding you like a cocoon, which is preventing you from, from letting the feelings inside you, love, joy, excitement flow out. And even just by thinking about it and closing your eyes, and like you said, hands on heart, meditate and breathe in and imagine every, when you breathe out that that starts to break down. And you are physically on your own mind dissolving that and enabling you to do that. And yeah, I can see how that's really powerful. It is. It, it absolutely is. But I can also see how it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a journey. It's yeah. a, like it, it's a journey through until 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 you die, really mm. becoming enlightened in a sense. And from a so 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 a couple of questions so speak from a situation where you've come from from divorce you know because obviously there's there's you know you know it seems like half the world is divorced and i've got a lot of friends and uh, who, who who have been through relationship breakups and divorce you know it's a very difficult time in people's lives and it, it's very common how do you cope how can people cope better well the first tip that I give is to give yourself one or two days to really grieve. You can stay at home, watch, you know, drama films, you know, beat the pillow, cry, yell, and do that. So release the emotion. Yeah. Then get yourself around other people. Don't be alone. Because loneliness will exacerbate those feelings and mm. it won't let you get rid of them. So be around other people as it helps because it gets you out of your head. Yeah. And that's very important, isn't it? And, and I think it's very relevant in lockdowns where we're always in our heads. Exactly. And the, th the third main thing to do is to start thinking about the future. Start taking action, mm. even small steps toward finding a new partner mm. that's difficult but that this is the most important thing absolutely the most important 
And I love how you say, just give yourself two days, just two days, not a year, not <laughs> half the length of your relationship, as people say, two days to grieve. And then, and then implicit in what you're saying as well is that divorce is final. There's a line there. So grieve and then start the process and i assume it's a very proactive process to start to move on and and because at the end of the day if you're getting divorced and you're in your kind of you know you know mid late 20s 30s 40s 50s the reality is in the grand scheme of things there's not a huge amount of time left so why waste any time right exactly a very very good point because people they don't have that perspective unfortunately mm. so this is one of the things that i i force my clients to do actually to really think about the time that's left and the time they might waste mm. grieving too much. And that, that is, that is so true. That is so true. And actually that this is the perspective I, I like to discuss when people say, ah, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, stay with my partner because they like, they don't meet all of my requirements. Let's mm. say they meet 70% of my requirements. Mm of my criteria and I tell them, okay, okay. So you might lose up. Then you might spend another few years looking for another partner and, and you might not even find one mm. and you might find like later, let's say five years down the road, you'll have to accept someone who is at 50% mm. of your criteria because mm. like you don't have much time left mm. and the clock is ticking actually. Mm. I think, a hard question is around, okay, so we, we've talked about what I assume is, is, is divorce in terms of, you know, in terms of, I would say, a mutual breakup or a breakup that didn't necessarily have anything untoward going on it. You know, I met you, you, you can see on your website, you, you deal with a lot of clients who maybe have gone through periods of infidelity. Um, and there is a lot of infidelity in the world. Um, in that situation, and I'm going from the viewpoint that you are the person who has been the victim of that infidelity, because I do see it in some respects as being a victim, because you certainly didn't have any choice to for that person to betray your feelings. How can that person start to move on? Because that's very complicated. The main thing when it comes to infidelity is stop blaming yourself mm. about about what happened it's mm. not about you it's about them it's about that out be your partner who actually betrayed you yeah and why you'd want to do that is you want to make sure that your self-esteem stays intact mm. because otherwise if you start beating yourself up you will your self-esteem will take a huge blow yeah and it will it will make things so 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 much more difficult for you and then and like a more practical tip is do not do not go into the details of what happened don't ask any questions about why it happened like what was the reason the details of how it happened you i know i know that with you want to know that at, in that point you want to actually have those details in understand why it happened but it's almost it's almost sadistic you want to know what goes on masochistic yeah yeah but I beg your pardon yes yeah that, that's right that's right but by doing that by 
like learning about all those details, you're going to hurt yourself. And people oftentimes they become like detectives and they start like looking for like spying on their mm. partner. And that that is so bad for self-esteem. But it's, it, it should be your priority. It's so hard, isn't it, to to say to yourself, it's not my fault, it's not my fault, it's them, it's not my fault. Because very quickly you can you can pick up on reasons why you think it might be your fault which is i can see why in that situation being around great friends and family can be very supportive so in that situation being alone would be doubly you know doubly as bad absolutely and having having a mentor or a coach or a, mm. or a friend or a relative who can actually listen to you very well and help you reframe that situation in a, in a more positive way this is so helpful mm. in your in your experience by working within the field of relationships like do you see infidelity coming up a lot because you know it's it's something which is talked about people having affairs infidelity but the impact that that can have on 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 people's mental health on the people around them you know i would say it's, it's huge it's staggering it's staggering and the problem is that many people especially women they they fail to recover from it they mm. just lose trust basically forever and they can't create a relationship because a new relationship because they realize that like falsely realize that uh i failed i failed my previous relationship and mm. the problem is with me mm. because their self-esteem got so low and they believe that if I go to the, like, if, if, even if I try to create a new relationship, it will go sour again, because the problem is with me, mm. which is completely erroneous. And I think it's fundamentally, and I know this is obvious to say, but it's unkind. Why? And I think this is the question when people get into, you know, illicit relationships, affairs, the the thought is, is 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 not often about the other person and actually what this could do to them the fact that how deeply betraying and i yeah i almost lost for words that you know how bad this can be for someone um and to damage that person's confidence and their self-esteem and you're you 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 are, you are a person who is contributing to that which is yes. which is which is frankly it's disgusting it is disgusting yeah it is like in in human terms from from the perspective of fairness it is totally disgusting and mm. totally unfair mm. and it, it goes back to what we talked about ego the mm. person is just being egoistic and they say it's me 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 What's in it for me? How can I, what, what can I do to get more pleasure from life? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, it's, and the thing is, I, I, I suppose from your perspective, how can we change as a society to reduce the incidences of infidelity? And therefore, is it a better matching? Is it people, a bit more self-awareness from people? Or is it just everyone dissolving their damn egos? Yeah, the last one. <laughs> Just raising the consciousness of the entire society. That's the answer. And let's say, like, a practical tip is to meditate. Meditate mm -hmm. every day. 
Mm. What would you meditate on? It doesn't really matter. Mm. I mean, the, it's the practice itself that's important because it helps you clear up your mind, helps you to, to just get more patient, yeah. to, to be more understanding. And, you know, experiments and all kinds of research shows that if and if you say something, just one word that's like meaningless, like onion, and you, and you keep repeating onion, 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 mm. it works just as well as if you're listening or repeating a very, very like complicated mantra. So mm. it doesn't matter. It's about the repetition. It's about the same pitch. And it's about having that process where you're able to slowly relax that mind. Yeah, you relax it, your level of stress goes down. Yeah. And then you're able to make more conscious choices throughout the day. Yeah. And let's say if like an opportunity comes up for you to cheat on your partner mm. and then you meditate it that day, you might make the right choice. Yeah, and I, I hope more people will make those choices. Roman, thank you so much. For a fascinating insightful conversation i love how we've gone from your own personal experience and how you've emerged as someone who is it seems very very well informed in the topic of relationships well thank you matt thank you for listening so well and thank you for your insightful question and uh, I, I i think you mentioned your daughter so you're you're married right i am yeah wow yeah so let me appreciate you for that and that's yeah. the and, and, and for people out there listening as well, it's, you know, um, I'm, you know I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you would agree with this, Roman, like marriage is something that doesn't just happen once and then you forget about it. You work on it every day. And especially during lockdown, you're, when you're in the house 24-7 with kids, your relationship is, you know, it can get strained. But put it, the fr you know, when the kids go to bed put it at the front of your mind and nurture that relationship and like you said show that unconditional love because it's very easy not to it's very easy to be exhausted and go into your separate rooms and watch different netflix shows but just try cook a little dinner have a little chat and hopefully things will uh, uh will, yeah, as soon as we emerge from lockdown things will be much easier yes and I, I appreciate you so much for realizing this. This, this, is, this is just beautiful. This is music to my ears. It, 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 I think it took one lockdown to get there. Now we're in our second lockdown. I think we're, I think we're much better at it. <laughs> yes. Uh. Awesome, Roman. Well, thank you so much. And, and thank you to everyone listening. You can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Psychic Community or Psychic Stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like this show. And do check out our free Psychic app for iPhone and iPad. It's a collection of interactive exercises, tools and tips to help you boost your mental well-being. The app enables you to build a personalised well-being toolkit to help you deal with life ups and downs. Just go to our website, www.sidekick.org.uk and click the download now button in the header to take you to the app store. Roman, thank you so much again. Thank you, Matt.